And today we're going to look at something that I wish Jesus never said, because I think it's probably the most divisive thing that Jesus has ever said. And we think about Jesus being a uniter and, and being welcome to all, and that is all true. But the words that he says in today's text also sound exclusive, exclusionary. He says, no one comes to the Father but through me. And I wonder how many wars have been fought over that idea. How many people have died over that idea, that Jesus is the only way. So our text today, it's in John 14, and just set up sort of where we are. Jesus has had his last supper with his disciples, and in the Gospel of John, it was a foot washing. And he has gone on to tell them that he has, will be betrayed, and he, he will end up dying. And then he goes on to say, and I will go and prepare a place for you, for you know the way. And the disciples just hadn't got it yet. They're, they're, they're not on the same level with Jesus on, on what this whole thing's about to happen. And so Thomas says, how, how can we know the way? We don't know the way. And so our text today is Jesus' response to uh, Thomas's question of, we don't know the way. How do we know the way? And so Jesus said, this is uh, John 14, uh, verses 6 through 9. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time, Philip? And you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? This is the word of God for the people of God. So Jesus responds to this by saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So so the Greek word that, that is translated here as way really is like road or path. So so Jesus is saying, I am the path. I am the way. And the the first century Jews would have been very comfortable with this idea that a person is the way. They they were followers of certain rabbis, and and so they would understand that this, this priest is showing them the way. And Jesus is making this claim that I am the way. So, the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus has made this claim that no one comes to the Father but through him. And that's my hard part with this verse, is that 
there is only one way to the Father. I mean, Jesus said it. It's in Scripture. We, we don't get to ignore it because it makes us uncomfortable. And so there are some that, that argue that all the world's religions are equally valid and that all are sort of a different path to the same God. I don't buy that. I'm a follower of Jesus the Christ, and Jesus has told me he is the way to the Father, and I believe that. But at the same time, I have to recognize that God is God, that God will save exactly whomever God chooses to save. And, and for all of you, you're very fortunate. I am not God, and he does not listen to my opinion. God will save whom God will save. By the way, he doesn't listen to your opinion either. God will do what God chooses to do, and no, no amount of my understanding or my trying to put a limitation on God is going to make a hill of beans in what God chooses to do. But I am a follower of Jesus. And so I believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that he is the way to the Father. I wish he hadn't said that part, that no one comes to the Father but through me, but he did. It's a part of the divine revelation that we call Holy Scripture. We don't get to pick and choose. So let's just take a look at these words that Jesus has said and see if we can't discern something for this for our lives. So Jesus responds to Thomas's question saying, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Jesus is saying, follow me, I am the way. So anybody ever been to Venice, um, Italy? at the last service was like, yeah, there's great fishing in Venice, Louisiana, but Venice, Italy. Um, my wife and I had the, the blessing to go for our 20th, 17 years ago, uh, for our 20th wedding anniversary. And um, there's no cars in Venice. It's all by boat. And so we took this like big taxi boat with a whole bunch of other people, and it dropped us off at uh, the piazza, the plaza, uh, where our hotel was sort of off of. And this was before everybody had a phone with a map, like back in the dark ages, and we had an address. And so we show up at our little piazza, and we're looking for the street name, and can't find it. Nowhere is it to be seen. And if you've ever been to Venice, there's all these tourists walking around with their uh, suitcases on wheels going over the cobblestone, click, 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 click. It's a really interesting sound. And so I asked the guy, and by the way, I don't speak Italian. And so I asked this guy where to go, and I showed him the address, and he was like, this and that, and, oh, and I'm like, okay. So we tried, no, didn't work. So finally I asked another guy, and we weren't too far away, and he said, I'll show you. 
And so he literally walked us to our hotel and said, there it is, which we were very grateful for. But for us, in that little place, that man became the way for us. He was the way for us to get to our hotel. Jesus is the way for us. He has shown us the way. He has gone before us, and he's laid out a path for us. And because he is God, he walks before us, and he walks with us. So so Jesus is the way. He has shown us the way. Jesus says he is the truth. Think about that verbiage for a second. I am the truth. People can tell you the truth, but but how is one the truth? The fact is that Jesus is the truth because he lived it. Jesus embodied the truth. Not once in his life did his deeds conflict with God's will. Jesus is the one who was without sin. And because of that, he is the truth. He's not just told us the truth. He is embodying the truth. Jesus is the truth. He alone can claim to have lived a life without sin. Therefore, he embodies the truth. And it is in Jesus that we indeed find life. We as followers of Jesus make this claim to eternal life because we are followers of Jesus. We we lay this claim and it is ours. But as a follower of Jesus, we don't just get eternal life. We get life in this lifetime. We get to experience salvation in this lifetime. Because we know how our story ends. No matter how bad a disease we may have, no matter how terrible we think our life is, we know how it ends. We end up in the arms of our Savior, Jesus. And that gives us, at least me, a level of joy and peace that our friends who don't know the saving grace of Jesus Christ don't have. I mean, our religion recognizes that we can never be good enough to earn our way into heaven. That it is through the grace of Jesus Christ that we are given that gift of eternal life, which we begin to experience in this lifetime. Then Jesus says this, no one comes to the Father but through me. We forget the rest of the part, though. You know the Father because I am here. Because I am here, you have seen the Father. You know the Father. 
We tend to forget the second part of this verse when we say, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. Because he goes on to say, you have seen the Father because I am here. Now, the rest of this verse is talking about the Father is in me and I'm in the Father, and I've got this like really long discussion I can bring out for you that the scholars have put forth about the understanding of the Christology here and what it means for the Father to be in Jesus, but I'm going to spare you all of that. It's an interesting thing to study, for sure. But I'm interested in this idea of what do we do with this statement that Jesus makes. No one comes to the Father but through me. We forget the part that we know the Father because Jesus was here. So what do we do with this claim that Jesus makes It's a part of our Holy Scripture. We can't ignore it. Jesus said it. And we have to believe it. But if you read that, and you understand it as some sort of claim of superiority, you need to reread the Gospels. That is not what Jesus is saying here. He is the way to the Father. Jesus died for all. Jesus died for everyone, for the sins of the whole world. And it it is a gift that, that is available to everyone who will just believe. That's what Jesus has done for us. And it is through him that we come to know the Father. So if you read this as we're in and you're not, you're missing the point. The point of it is that it is available to the world. So we we can't use this as a way to say, uh, we're special and you're not. it's, It's our job to go out into the world and to share the news that Jesus is the way and it's available to all of you. It's incumbent upon us as a follower of Jesus to be about that business. These words, they trouble me, but I also believe them with all my heart, with the caveat that I know that God will do whatever God will do. My my limited understanding of how God works is not the rule. God is God and God will save whom God will save. But I also am a follower of Jesus Christ. And Jesus has indeed said these words. So it's kind of like this. If you somehow mysteriously came up with the cure for cancer, 
what would you do? You'd share it. Probably try to monetize it somehow, but share it, right? So, so that people in the world who have cancer can be cured. So that cancer cannot be the killer that it is today. You would share that. And so we, we have the cure for sin. And it is incumbent upon us to go out and to share that cure with the world. And let me be clear. The cure for sin does not keep you from sinning. We are forgiven for our sins. That's the cure. And that cure comes through Jesus the Christ, through our faith in him. So you have the cure for sin in your possession. You know it. Jesus has told us that, that we know the way, that he is the truth, and that he is life. We have the cure for sin. So what are you going to do with this cure? Are you going to keep it for yourself and say, yay, I'm happy, I'm saved? Or are you going to go out and share the cure with those that don't know it? That's what these words of Jesus are telling us we have to do. But it is through him that the cure for sin exists. And it is our job to go out and share that cure with the world. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are so grateful for your grace and its abundance. We know that it flows down like rivers of water. We are so grateful for that. Father, embolden us. Embolden us that we would go out and share the cure for sin. That we can go out and tell people that Jesus is the way, Jesus is the truth, and in Jesus there is life. Life everlasting and an awesome life today. Father, as we prepare to gather at your table, open our hearts that we might feel your real presence. Let your Holy Spirit come and be amongst us in this place. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. And all God's children said, amen.